Oh, we get a rolling on the Krug Show, the co-Krug Show, Grant Cone extravaganza from the Cone Zone. Grant's in the house. Niners Ravens go Monday night for all the marbles. Uh, well, it may mean nothing, but it may mean everything for as far as the MVP race. But we're looking ahead to Niners Ravens Monday night. Grant, good to see you, man. How things? I'm batting a thousand, Larry. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Though I'm a little off, I got to be honest, on this new week with the, uh, you know, with the Monday schedule. So they go Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Normally, I'd be in Santa Clara today. So would you. But we're off on a Wednesday, a rare Wednesday. It's like almost like they uh, they said, hey, get your holiday shopping done on Wednesday. We'll see you guys Thursday. Yeah, absolutely. And then we get to cover a game on Christmas night. Because really, if the NFL wants to put its best product on television on Christmas night, it's the Niners. So I guess they did that right. And and the Ravens. Don't forget the Ravens, who are 11-3 and three and the number one seed in the AFC today. Why don't we start right there on Niners-Ravens. Um, how good is this Baltimore team? They just lost Keaton Mitchell. They are 11 and three. You know, when you look at the AFC grant, there's Kansas city, there's Miami, there's ball, there's uh, Baltimore, uh, who knows? Maybe there might be Buffalo at some point. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll see if Buffalo slides in there. Um, and then of course, you know, the youngsters like Jacksonville, Houston could be the upset special, but who do you like? Do you like, are the Ravens the best team in the AFC or is it somebody else? I think the Ravens are the best team in the AFC. Maybe, maybe Kansas city. I mean, Kansas city's had some losses recently, but they still, I wouldn't bet against them in the playoffs. One of those two teams. Um, but I think I just, what I'm interested in is like the Niners are just beating up on these NFC teams. They're nine and one against NFC teams. And I think it's clear that the NFC is far inferior to the AFC and I don't know. The Niners are two and two against the AFC. When they faced Cleveland, Cleveland beat him up. That happened. Trent Williams yeah. was healthy for that game. Debo was healthy for that game. Cleveland knocked him out and was just took it to the Niners the whole time and beat him with PJ Walker. And now they have Joe Flacco, who's better than PJ Walker. So I'm curious. Like this, this team, Baltimore, is a lot like that Cleveland team, but better. Just as physical, just as confident. How is the how are the Niners going to stand up to a real physical AFC team? Because you know Dallas isn't like that. You know Philly isn't like that. Those two teams are frauds. The best team the Niners have faced so far is who? Jacksonville. Um, I'd still say it's Philly. But what do you think? Philly's reeling. Maybe, maybe, I mean, Philly's reeling. reeling. They now, feel like they were frauds. I wonder. I wonder. I if they're they have no defense. Hard. Yeah, I wonder why Philly's reeling. Is Philly reeling because the Niners kind of showed Maybe. that if you rush Hurts as one, keep him hemmed in, that they're not as good a team? The defense they, sucks. Yeah, I mean, Blankenship on the back end is not a great player. No, they're giving up a lot of points. I think they're fraudulent. I think the Cowboys are fraudulent. I think these are just NFC teams that beat up on other NFC teams. But the way you really measure yourself is against teams like Baltimore, Kansas City, Buffalo, Miami. Uh Cleveland, Cincinnati, and the Niners lost to Cleveland and Cincinnati. So yeah. I know they beat Pittsburgh. They are favored over Baltimore for good reason, but this is a much bigger test to me than Philly was. I agree. I agree. Uh, any word coming out of Baltimore on Ronnie Stanley, their star left tackle? Is he going to go in this game? Do you know? I haven't heard yet. We'll find out tomorrow when they put out the uh, practice reports, but that would be a big one. Yeah, that would be a big. Really, their advantage is their offensive line. They have a really good offensive line. Yeah, 
the Iowa kid at center, Linderbaum's a stud. Seitler at right guard is a stud. Ronnie Stanley's as good a left tackle as there probably is. Um, Yeah, they're good. They're good. And Isaiah likely stepped up at tight end. He's making big plays. I'll tell you what I see with the Ravens. I see a a team that's committed to the run. That's the (laughs) one thing I kind of wonder with the 49ers. Can they beat a team that's committed to the run? Now, they just lost Keaton Mitchell, so they're going to have to run it with Gus Edwards and Justice Hill and maybe Melvin Gordon and Lamar. But they're committed to the run. They're going to stay with the run. Um, And that kind of leads me to the last game, Grant. How serious of an issue are the missed tackles? They had a ton of missed tackles against the Bengals leading into the bye, and then they freshened up. They seemed like they got a little better. Uh, And then the last two weeks, they haven't been able to make tackles. They're falling off a lot of tackles. Is it a problem in this game? Well, yeah, it's a problem. And, And I think run defense in general is a problem. The Niners rank 19th in yards per carry allowed, but they've faced the fewest rushing attempts because they're winning so much. So they're so often up by two scores. Teams can't actually afford to run the ball. But I keep going back to their first loss, Cleveland. What Cleveland could do, they played such good defense. They kept the game close, and they were allowed, They enabled themselves to run the ball all game, and they rushed for like 160-plus yards. So um, I think Baltimore should be able to do that as well because their defense is better than Cleveland. If they can just keep it a tight game, they're going to be able to run all game and throw screens, which is what you have to do against the 49ers. That's the best way to attack them. They're not going to, you're not going to get them down the field. You know, I'm, I'm looking at their missed tackle rate, the Niners. They missed 16 against Arizona. My God, that's a ton. And then go look back at the bye, you know, towards the bye week. They missed 10 against Cleveland, 9 against Minnesota, 13 against Cincy. Then they get the bye. Again? What's that? They getting tired again? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, right? look at the last three weeks. 12 missed tackles against Philly and Philly, 14 against Seattle. And at the time, I thought maybe it's just Walker and Charbonnet had a day, but then 16 against Connor and Dermacato last week. Um, just a ton of missed tackles. Is it, You think it's just pure fatigue? Um, well, look at it this way, right? When the, when the season started, they won five in a row and then lost three. Since the bye week... They have now played six games and the defense gave up three points, 14, 13, 19, 16, and then all of a sudden 29. So maybe there's something to fatigue and this being an older team. And maybe we're seeing the Niners wear down a little bit as the season goes on. Like we did before the bye week possible. Who's your MVP? You giving it to uh, Lamar Prescott, CMC Brock. Who's your MVP? I think you can make a real argument that it's Tyreek Hill, even though he missed a game. I think he's by far the best wide receiver, and I think he's probably the guy having the best season. Um, I think it's hard to choose between CMC and Brock Purdy. Uh, you could say, like, I, I read Ethan Strauss. You know Ethan Strauss. He does a great job. Yeah. yeah. And he was making the case for Purdy and saying, you know, like, in football, you just really can't give it to a running back. You can't give the MVP to a running back because he doesn't affect third down enough. And even though McCaffrey's a good receiver, he only has five re- like receiving first downs on third down all season. It's just not a big enough factor on the most important down that determines whether you extend drives or not. And Purdy is really good on third down. And I looked at his stats. He is good on third down. He's like 104 quarterback rating. But, I mean, Mahomes has a higher quarterback rating on third down. Mahomes is at, where's he at? 112. Uh, yeah. Stafford's at 112. 
Prescott's at 115. So I, 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 I don't know. I feel like it's tough to choose a quarterback this year. Purdy is elevated by his support. Purdy does have the best supporting cast. He does have the best quarterback, uh, the best head coach. He is very good too. But I feel like this could be a year where you gave it to a wide receiver. Tyreek Hill is just so head. He's having one of the best wide receiver seasons ever. Clearly. He's a great player. There's no question yeah. about it. Yeah, I mean, Tyreek Hill, and and you see, you know, it's like he's one of those players that you know exactly if he's on the field or not. Because if he is, he just commands so much attention. And he there's just something. But Jerry he, Rice never won an MVP. So how do you give it to Tyreek Hill, right? It's right. crazy. I mean, that would be yeah. my thing. Here's my, I guess it comes down to, you know, do you give it to a quarterback or a non-quarterback? If you give it to a quarterback, then I guess my question would be like, what is your, what's the, what do you think is the most important stat for quarterbacks? Yeah, that's a tough one. That's is a tough one. See, like the way, the way Ethan, the way Ethan Strauss put it is like third down is the money down. So let's look at what they do on third down. And if you're just looking at passer rating on third down, there are quarterbacks who are above him. And that third down is like you, Kyle can help you the least. You know, it's, you can't do play action. It's really just drop back and throw, and that's the highest degree of difficulty and with the most on the line. I don't know if that's necessarily Brock's game. Like maybe Stafford would be better in that environment because of his arm where Brock is so good on first and second down. His quarterback rating is well above 120. So I don't know. I mean, I just wouldn't feel comfortable giving it to Mahomes this year, even though he's like, honestly, who's the MVP in the NFL? Patrick Mahomes. That's the answer every year. That's the answer. He's the best player. He's the best player in the league. He's the best player. That's what it is. So, I mean, you could look at box scores and be like, his numbers aren't as good this year, but we know why. He's throwing to Rasheed Rice and Sky Moore. We know what's going on, but he, so he won't get the award. So you could give it to Purdy, but the answer is Mahomes. I guess it's just Mahomes. I you know I mean Mahomes is the best player, um, yeah. and it almost feels like Jordan in those years where agree. You know, it's like, uh, you know what? Are we going to give it to Jordan again, or should we give it to? Barclays? Yeah, why not? Give it to the <laughs> man. Right? Yeah, you know, yeah. it seems like yeah, to me. If you had said to me what what would be the biggest argument for Brock? It's that it's become a quarterback award. And um, this guy deserves some award this year. Yeah. I mean, right. either he deserves right. the comeback player of the year award for coming back. That's from not enough. Major That's elbow enough. surgery, or he deserves yeah. the MPP. The other question that I, you know, I think if you said to me, what's the most important stat? You know, there's a bunch of them. I mean, completion percentage is nice, but that can be kind of impacted by you know do you throw short all day you throw in two yard passes heck now they have a shovel pass the shovel pass you could literally it's like a handoff if you did nothing but shovel passes you could technically have a 95 percent completion percentage so it's not completion percentage for me it's yards per attempt and that shows that you're driving the ball down the field um good bad or otherwise and it, obviously you want to look at it in conjunction with some of those other stats but if you look at the guys in the last 20 years who have been awesome yards per attempt in that nine plus category, 2004 Peyton, 2011 Rodgers, 2016 Matt Ryan with Shanahan, um, and 2023 Brock Purdy has a better uh, yards per attempt than all those guys. Those other three guys won the MVP. So I, I give it to Brock. I'd give, give it, it to Brock. Brock. I, I, I would fully support voting for Brock Purdy for MVP. But also to me, the fact that two of those quarterbacks played for Kyle, to me, tells me that he's so instrumental here. And he doesn't get enough support for coach of the year. 
You know, I, I've been That's the one, one as critical it's... of him as ever, but why is he not in consideration? Look what he's doing with a 23-year-old quarterback. Kyle gets credit for this. And a mediocre offensive line. It's not yes. like got I think Kyle should be the coach of the year. It shouldn't be Dan Campbell. Well, I mean, here, you know, the coach of the year might be the most fault. And it's like we see it in other sports, too. It's like the manager of the year. And who who gets this award typically? It's like one of those old sayings, like if your premise is wrong, your conclusion's wrong. So if your premise is that team A has no talent and then team A goes on and wins, you're like, wow, that the coach is the coach of the year. The manager is the manager of the year. But your premise might be wrong. You you may just right. not know the talent. Um, and you, you, you may not, you know, the guys who, who, who make like, Hey, who's the most talented team. They're not pro personnel directors. They're just people yeah. kind of observing. So it's just media. I mean, so you're like judging it on who exceeded expectations the most, but you don't, you don't judge the MVP that way. Right. right. It's not. Yeah. So like, I would say if you said under the a coach of under the coach of the year that we're used to, you know, the guidelines that we're used to, I would say it'd probably be somebody like D'Amico. You know, I'd, I'd give it right. probably to somebody like D'Amico because, no, Houston won three games last year, and they right. totally turned things around. Their whole culture is different, and he's had a huge impact. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, the coach of the year for Shanahan. But they're 8-6. Like, Freaking 8-6. Like, right. Who cares? To and me, like, any, the teams yeah. that matter are, are like it's like it should be Mike McDaniel, John Harbaugh, or Kyle Shanahan. Those are the three coaches who really have teams that freaking can we, Shane Steichen. Like, good job, dude. Eight and six first. We'll see in a few years to see if you actually built something. He's gonna win the award because he made some team not suck for one year. Like, come on. About, well, I mean, if we're gonna do it this way too, what? How about Philly? They lost Shane Steichen. They lost Gannon. They lost both their coordinators. They lost both their starting safeties. They lost, you know, tremendous talent from their team last year. They were 10 and one at one point and they're 10 and four and they're still going to the playoffs. Maybe, maybe Howie, you know, uh, put together a flawed team and Sirianni uh, is an amazing coach for finding a way to win 10 of the first 11. I don't know. I mean, it's I don't just, know, man. They're in complete free fall. And I don't see yeah. him having any answers no, right now. No, His no, answer was bring in Matt Patricia. That's when you know you're screwed. <laughs> Matt Patricia's going to save you? No, he's not. Him and that, and that pencil. Sorry. My point is just that, is there anything that Shanahan could have done this year to win coach of the year? Probably not. I think he did enough. He should get, he should get more support. I'm Kyle, if you're watching, I'm backing you as coach of the year. Grant says Kyle for coach of the year. Um, okay, this might be the perfect time to ask the question that I wanted to ask you about Shanahan. You, we've now seen Shanahan. We've now seen, there's rumors this morning. The talk this morning is that the Chargers ran out, I think, a damn good GM in Tom Telesco. Now, you can say that Staley was a circus, and he was, and he had to go. But, man, that's a talented football team, and yet Telesco got dumped as well. And from what I'm hearing out of uh, L.A., I said San Diego before because I'm so used to it. But um, what I'm hearing out of L.A. regarding the Chargers is that they wanted to blow out both the head coach and the GM because they're hunting for big fish. They may right. be going after Jim Harbaugh. Of course so they who, are. It's a no-brainer. I mean, and and if you're Harbaugh, Harbaugh, you know, Harbaugh came to the Niners at the right time. If he went to the Chargers, that would be so on brand because they are ready to win right now. They just need a coaching staff. But who's the better yeah, head Justin coach? Herbert. Who's the better head coach right now? If you if I said Kyle Shanahan, Jim Harbaugh, who's the better head coach and why? 
right now? Or yeah, I mean, right now, just period. I mean, that's a tough one. Who's the better? For a long time, I thought it was Harbaugh. For a long time, I thought it was Harbaugh. And Kyle's so much younger than him. I feel like he's improved so much this year. I think Kyle's better than him. I mean, neither one has won a championship. Uh, maybe I, I think Kyle's got. I think Kyle has surpassed him. I think Kyle's still improving, and Jim Harbaugh has been a steady, has been a steady excellent for like 10, 15 years. I don't know. What do you think? I think Jim Harbaugh is a great guy to bring in if you have if you if you don't have a culture and you need to establish a culture because I think he's going to bring in he's going to work hard he's going to change the vibe in the building he's going to demand the players work hard he's going to bring in a phenomenal coaching staff um I think Jim great coaches want to coach with Jim Harbaugh I think that's proven he's gotten guys here he's gotten guys at Michigan um, you know, he, he good, he's well-connected in the coaching circles and guys want to coach under Jim Harbaugh. So that's one. Same with Kyle. Same with Kyle. Kyle is too. But I mean, you know, I think that's, if I don't think Kyle could recruit. I don't think he would have the pace. I don't think he could do college football the way Harbaugh has. No. Kyle, Harbaugh's been good at both. He wouldn't think have Kyle the could enthusiasm. Do Harbaugh. Kyle's not going into some high school kid's house and watching no. movies with him. No. He has no, no. time for that. Harbaugh will. Yeah, yeah. Harbaugh will. I would but, say but whose Kyle's offense better off is better? Team. Like, it's not even. Kyle's. Yeah, Kyle's. not even close. Not even close. Yeah, not I, even close. I, okay, let me ask you this: When the Niners lost to the Ravens, who do you blame the most for losing that game? Because I blame Jim Harbaugh. They had first and goal on the on the five yard line, or first and goal on the seven. Uh, he he stupidly called a timeout when he had an old Ravens defense. It had old Ed Reed, old Ray Lewis, old Bernard Pollard. I was there in the Superdome on the binoculars. Those guys were huffing and puffing. They were holding their their hips. They were sitting there. They were given every nonverbal indication that they were freaking gassed at the end of a long drive against a faster, more athletic team, and he called a timeout and let them catch their breath. That was one. So they could talk about it and call three straight fades. Back shoulder, uh, yeah, back in zone fades. From a quarterback who doesn't throw the fade. You know, I mean, it's like, come on. And when you had a quarterback that could run like that and you had a Hall of Fame running back, should have just ran Ka- Kaepernick on a quarterback option and said, get in no matter what. And if you don't do it, no huddle and get in on second down. Instead, they th- they go fades. I blame Harbaugh for that. I think he I also think that he had a hard time getting plays called on time. Uh, he had a really screwed up situation on the headsets where uh, he had certain guys calling run plays, certain guys calling pass plays. He was on there. Uh, I just I feel like he lost his cool on the sidelines in many of their biggest games. Um, I would say Shanahan is better just because of of that. I, and I blame Harbaugh for the for the Super Bowl loss. Who had how, do you, one how thing did that, you view that? Well, one thing that Kyle has going for him that Jim didn't. Kyle gets to work with John Lynch, so I feel like the front office coaching staff synergy is great, as opposed to John Jim Harbaugh trying to work with Trent Baalke. We know those guys were at odds a lot. They had totally different visions of who they wanted, and sometimes Trent Balky would draft people that Jim wasn't signed off on. So I think it, that was kind of tough for Kyle. He was, I mean, for Jim, he was sort of coaching in spite of his GM. Kyle doesn't have to do that. What have I said? What have I pushed back and said that Jim caused that friction by going to management and demanding Michael Lombardi instead of Trent Balky after he had agreed that he would take Balky as his general manager and Okay, Less than but Kyle did later. the same thing, right? Kyle hired his general manager. 
Jim Kyle just wanted that. General manager. Yeah, Kyle just had more leverage because Jed messed it up with Harbaugh and Tom Sula and Chip Kelly. Sure. And Kyle's like, all right, well, if you want me, I'm I'm naming my terms. Harbaugh was trying to do that too, just like he was trying to re-engineer the terms mid-job. They didn't appreciate it. Right. I think Harbaugh probably sold out on the GM choice for his cash. Got his cash, which was $5 million per, and then said, you know what? I'll just take whatever GM. And then 24 hours later said, you know what? No, actually, I want my own GM. And the negotiations were done. And I want and, more money. Well, and I don't want Brent Balky. And yeah. that's why they were always, things were always frosty between those guys. I bet Harbaugh thinks if he had the kind of blank check that Kyle has, he would have been champion. But who knows? He still hasn't won it in college. I know. I know. We'll see. We'll see if he if he sticks around in college. Um, forty nine. No, he's not. He's going to the Chargers. He should go to the Chargers. He should go get Justin Herbert. He's got Herbert. He's got Derwin James. He's got. I mean, he's got big time guys. He's got Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack. I mean, they've got some talent. Chargers are ready to win. The fact that they didn't win this year is just unbelievable. Really. Um, now here I am t- talking them up because I predicted Niners Chargers Super Bowl, <laughs> and obviously that's not going to happen. Um, can when you watch the Niners right now, how much of a how much momentum do they have? Can anyone stop them? They've won six in a row. They're starting to steamroll teams. They've won those six games, Grant, by an average of eighteen point eight points per game. None of them have been by single digits. They seem like they're in cruise control in the fourth quarter, week after week after week, um, and they're almost at the first round by and the first seed clinched. Mm-hmm. How much momentum do they actually have? Can anybody beat them in the NFC on the way to the ball? Not in the NFC, and that's the whole thing. No, unless it's Detroit, and I don't think it's Detroit. So the Niners have this one game this week against an AFC team, and they have two more NFC games, and they have probably a bye, then the NFC playoffs, and then who knows? If they get to the Super Bowl, they'll have Baltimore or some other AFC team. I just that That's the question I want to know. Is the AFC just far and away better than the NFC? Are the Niners going to be in this really close game on Monday night because these AFC teams are on another level? All I know is, you know, they really struggled against Cleveland and Cincinnati. Really struggled against those teams. It's the same division. I want to know. I mean, didn't didn't Cleveland beat Baltimore? And Cincinnati gashed the Niners. I mean, they, yeah. they didn't just beat the Niners. They embarrassed the Niners. I don't know. I think it's the AFC is way better than the NFC. I'm I'm a little reluctant to say that the Niners could just cruise through the best teams in the AFC. God, that would be struggled against PJ Walker. That'd be another kick to the gut if the Niners somehow lost the Super Bowl to the AFC. Um, But I don't see an NFC team that can stand in front of them. I really don't. And especially if they get the bye and they get the rest. All right, let's see. So bad. It's almost looking like the Rams are a team that might be dangerous. They might go somewhere. The Rams, I think it was it might be the toughest game left on the schedule. Yeah. Mm. Outside wow. of this Ravens game, obviously. Well, yeah. I mean, really, the Rams just took the Ravens to overtime. So, yeah. yeah. In yeah. Baltimore. In Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's hit some supers here. Uh, Joey Mellons. Joey Mellons, $1.99. Thank you, Joey. Uh, Jats Jat. I feel like I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop for 13. Am I justified or am I just scared? Scarred, maybe. Uh, or scared. Um, what do you think? Is there? Are, do you feel, Grant, that you have a good handle right now on everything that Brock Purdy is, good, bad, and otherwise? Or do you feel like there's still like 
the bad Purdy to come that was actually uh, struggled at Iowa State at, from time to time, and there was a reason he was picked last in the draft? Or do you just say, you know what, that's ancient history. He's proven beyond a reasonable doubt that uh, he's he's not that guy, and the people teams who drafted just screwed it up. I mean, we've seen certain indicators that he's not necessarily the greatest quarterback of all time. I mean, when he's losing late, um, but still, like on this team, how many situations is he? How many games is he going to be in that situation? I think it's fair to expect him to win the Super Bowl this year. I don't know if he's going to win five in his career, but I think he's good enough to win a Super Bowl on this team. And um, I don't know, like waiting really for the other two to drop. Grant. Yeah, I mean, it Grant, is. That is really. It is something. no doubt. And like waiting for the other two to drop. He's been doing this for two seasons. Let so, me ask you this, because you you and I, you know, we're friends. We see each other all the time, but at the same time, we don't always see this the same way. And that's part of the reason I love I love how independent you are. You you don't care about my opinion or Jesse's opinion or Vish's opinion. You make your own damn opinion. And that's what I think is the key to your channel, man. I really do. Thanks. Where have you been won over on Brock from camp to today? I mean, like, was there a moment? Or was there something that he's shown this year that you said outside of just winning the games? Because I mean, you know, the results are the results. But is there something that you saw from camp to today that makes you think, or a moment where you said, you know what, shit, this guy is the guy, and you know, I I, I just didn't see this early on, but I'm starting to see this as we see more and more games, more patterns. Two things. One. The arm was an issue in camp. He was on a pitch count. He yeah. didn't do many camp. He was rusty, and he played like it. And I think, in retrospect, I should have understood that he was going to get better as the year went on. I wondered, like, is he going to get? Is his arm going to get fatigued as the year went on? But clearly, since the bye week, he's been a, he's been way better. I think, even than he was in the first half of the season. So I didn't ex- understand how quickly and effectively. He was going to bounce back from this elbow surgery. I mean, you could argue that his arm is stronger now. Fewer than 12 months removed from the surgery than it was last year. And then there's just like, he's so different than Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm used to a limited quarterback who doesn't see the field that well and doesn't really learn from his mistakes. Throws a lot of picks in practice, throws a lot of picks in games, and eventually gets figured out. But Brock Purdy is not that kind of quarterback. Anytime... you think there's a book on him. Well, he can't throw downfield. He can't do this or that. It's like the next week he makes it a point to prove that wrong. And I think that's what the best quarterbacks in the league do is they sort of shatter those narratives and myths every week. And so I just really admire how one step ahead he remains in the league at all times. And also how well he sees the freaking field. Like these little traits that you don't really talk about with quarterbacks coming out of college, but then you see in the NFL – on this team, someone's open every play. Great players, great coach. It's the quarterback's job to find him fast and get him the ball accurately on time. Who does that better than Brock? So how is he not perfect for this team? To me, there's three things that stand out. He's there's I, I have yet to see him ever look sped up or frenetic. I just he doesn't. Steve if Young he, was sped up and frenetic. Everybody Jeff was sped young. Everyone does Joe it. Montana was sped up at certain moments when the, yep. the rush, the New York giant rush got to him or the bear rush got to him. 
This guy doesn't seem sped up or frenetic. He seems very calm. That's one. Mm-hmm. And then two passes stood out to me. It was that Browns game, and this was an incompletion, where he dotted a pass down the field with tremendous rush in his face. I think it was um, Zadarius Smith on a loop in his face. And he's taken that blow in the face, and he put the ball on the hands to Ayuk, and he dropped it. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Yes. That pass, and then the one in Jacksonville to Kittle, where he stepped up, faked it to Ayuk, brought it back, had the rush also right in his face, somehow, without really stepping into it, just got it down the field and led Kittle against Devin Lloyd for that great touchdown against Jacksonville coming out of the tunnel on the second half. The arm strength there was amazing. But you're right. In camp, what we saw was every day a a ball that was late over the middle, kind of floated, not much on it, Mm -hmm. that just kind of hung up, sometimes got picked, sometimes got tipped and picked, sometimes got picked and taken back for a touchdown. Those were real. I mean, we saw those those passes, and they were quite a few of them in camp. So I didn't. I thought that as the season went on, his arm strength would wane. But you're right. Somehow, some way, his arm strength has gained. He's gained strength as the season's gone on. And to me, that doesn't make sense. And it's like there's a couple of ways to look at a quarterback too. The Niners want to beat you on first and second down. They want to get an early lead and keep it. That's their thing. They want to constantly have that run play action uh balance you don't know keep you on your heels um and brock purdy's great on first and second down he's great at the play action pass because he can roll left and roll right and he's great when he's winning i feel like you could also say that the best way to judge a quarterback is on third down when he's losing because that's the most difficult quarterback play all of a sudden no one cares about the run no one cares about play action it's just the defense has the advantage what can you do now and in those situations, he isn't necessarily the best quarterback in the league. But he's so good on first and second down when the Niners are winning, which is like 85% of their snaps anyway, that what does it matter? I, I, it seems like, you know, he is perfect for this team. He's operating Who would really swap out? Who would be better on the Niners than this guy? Mahomes. Well, I mean, like people ask this question. Mahomes. like How many quarterbacks could really do great things in this offense? I mean, well, probably a lot of a lot. quarterbacks. But I would say the guys who could be more dynamic in this offense would be like Mahomes, no, Josh I'm... Allen, Burrow, maybe Joe Burrow's really, really maybe good. Maybe Lamar. Lamar. Because Lamar's good on the short throws, too. He's yeah, a nice Lamar, little quick release. Lamar, I mean, Kyle would be dialing up all kinds of stuff for Lamar. I mean, I mean, just move. Kyle would have a lot of fun with Lamar. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Lamar would be spectacular in this offense. Those guys for sure. And then everybody else is kind of a, pro- a little bit of a projection. You know, Trevor Lawrence is the prototype. Herbert's the prototype. You know, there's Burrow be great. prototypes. Burrow, yeah, Burrow, Burrow Allen, and and Mahomes and and Lamar. Those are the mm-hmm. those are the four to me. I think Herbert could get it could get it done. Herbert's an awesome talent, but I got to see it. I got to see a little bit more from Herbert. I know what I'd love to see him without Brandon Staley, man. Wow, I know. I mean, and, and Herbert's Herbert's everything you want. Herbert throws in some ways the best ball. Do you remember last year on that Thursday night game when they rolled in and he he made three or four passes that were just crazy? I mean, like as good a throw. He's as like a jugs machine. Game. I've seen him throw in person at the joint practices. He's his motion is the same every time, and he can put it exactly. He's, just watching him throw side by side with Trey Lance, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, no, her, that's yeah. what it's supposed to look like. 
portray. Um, all right, let's hit a couple more of these supers here. Mr. 33 degrees. Is the Niner offense good enough uh, that all these missed tackles don't matter? Because that's what it's looking like. Thoughts, please, gentlemen. I think their offense is good enough to score 30. But if they go up against a big-time running game and they don't have – and somebody dominates the time of possession and runs it down their throat. But I, I don't know. I mean, I was listening to Greg Cosell earlier this week, Grant, and he says that even though the Niners have been gashed – this week against Arizona and they got gashed against Seattle that he doesn't really think they've got run defense issues. I tend to agree with that if they're rested and and ready. That's why I think this, this uh, bye week is means absolutely everything. The Niners can get that one bye week and catch their breath and you can get Greenlaw at full tilt out there and, and um, you know, Hargrave and Armstead. I mean, that's the interior of their run D right there. Um, that's, then I think they're good to go. They have to have the buy is if they're going to the bowl, I think. He says he's not. Well, they rank 19th in yards per carry allowed, so it's not that big of a deal uh, But because it's not like horrendous, but it's below average. And the main reason people can't attack it is because the Niners are winning and you have to pass to catch up. But every once in a while, a team keeps it close with the Niners like Cleveland did for, somehow. And I think, I don't really expect the Niners to blow out Baltimore. Maybe I'm wrong. But I expect this to be a close game. And in that case, run defense could be an issue. I know. Although, I think the and Niners yeah. have a better run defense than Baltimore. And Baltimore just lost their best runner. I think yeah. Keaton Mitchell. True. Though Lamar the most bust, explosive one. bust you for 100. Um, we're 30 minutes into the stream. Brought to you by Pig and a Pickle. And, of course, New York-style Italian sausage on my end. Um, a couple other supers here that I think are pretty good. We got brother Bob in the house. He says MVP is meaningless without the Super Bowl team goals. Team goals. Well, I, I think it's definitely secondary. Let's just say that from from uh, you know the Niners have won the Super Bowl since 1995. You know, I mean, heck, there's 25 year old people walking around that have never seen the Niners ever in the Super Bowl, and they just they hear about all the rings, but they've actually never seen it. So you know, I. To me, team goals, team goals. Uh, Joey Mellon says, Shanny for head coach of the year, CMC for offensive player of the year, Brock for MVP. There's no way they sweep that. No, they probably won't. Again, the Dolphins' offense is it's almost just as good. It might be just as good. One way to look at offense is uh, touchdowns versus punts. Niners have 52 offensive touchdowns this year and 45 punts. Dolphins have 52 offensive touchdowns this year and 43 punts. That's incredible to have more touchdowns and punts. This is a really good one, too. Gun to your head. If you had to choose today, which head coach will have a better career when they're both done, Shanahan or McDaniels? I, Grant, have you watched any of the uh, in-season hard knocks with Miami? No. It's worth watching. McDaniels is so interesting around his players. He's kind of like just one of the guys. I... I He's not in any way kind of like a heavy-handed football coach. I'm I'm up here, and you guys are down there, and I'm lecturing you. He's kind of like, hey, guys, we can do this together kind of a he's – a, he's, he's not a football coach personality. He really isn't. Very interesting guy. It's like he really relates well to younger – to this generation of athletes. Yeah. Big time. I think it's going to – him and Kyle are going to be coaching at the top of the profession for a very long time. They're running circles around the rest of the league. They, they're showing everyone how to coach offense. Those two guys. I'm rooting it look hard. Easy. I'm rooting hard for Miami Niners Super Bowl. It'll I'm be playing. a lot of fun. 
Oh my god. It would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Elite Archer 23. Kyle will lose his third Super Bowl this year. He's inept when the lights are bright. He's improved, but he's still a scared little boy looking for daddy. Elite Archer. Wow, that became Freudian really fast. Well, maybe. We'll see. Not a fan. We'll see. Um, you gotta win one. You want to shut up everybody if you're Kyle Shanahan, you gotta win one. It's as simple as that. There's no I mean, uh, football nerds know what he does, but like basically he's famous for his two biggest collapses collapses. That's what he's famous for. You got to get it done. I mean, it doesn't, it, it, you know, you can discuss how it looks, what it looks like, this and that. You're you're in one category. If you haven't gotten it done, you're in a different category. If you have gotten it done, it's there's no ambiguity. That's all it is. Gray tree games with D-line injuries. Should we add Sue for depth? All right, that was the next question I was going to get to. Um, if you look at the 49ers right now, Armstead's out. He's got two different injuries. He's got plantar fasciitis, got a little bit of a knee You've got uh, the groin injury for Hargrave. Kalia Davis just left the game early in week 15 with an ankle injury. Supposedly it's a high ankle sprain, so he's going to be out a few weeks. Armstead's missed the past few games with the two with the two injuries he has. Shanahan says he's day-to-day. Um, Shanahan says we'll see how it goes this week. Same said for Hargrave. He missed the Cardinal game with the hammy. Is Sue the answer? Do they have an answer? I mean, I... I don't is, is T.Y. McGill enough? Do they have to go outside? What do you think? Or Matt Matt Barrows is asking this in his uh, in his mailbag today about Sue, and he asked Shanahan about it, and Shanahan was like, "Not not now, but I won't rule anything out." How how severe is that need inside? Seems pretty severe. Why would you not bring in Dominican Sue? He's not going to be that expensive, I wouldn't imagine. Plus, you have plenty of cap space. Maybe they want to roll it over for next year, but you, you're down three D tackles right now. When they had a little bit of an issue at D end, they didn't hesitate. I don't know. They right now have Kevin Givens, Javon Kinlaw, and T.Y. McGill. That's who they got. I would bring I mean, in Dominican Sue. I would too. I would too. I mean, I mean, you know, if you can't, if you can stop the run inside or just stop the run, period, with the kind of offense that you have cooking right now. You're live to win the ball. If you can't stop the run, then you'd lose the time of possession in a very one-sided manner. I think that's the way you lose the Super Bowl. That's the way you either lose on Super Bowl Sunday or or fail, you know, fall short in getting there. So I think stopping the run is huge. You're not going to add linebackers. You're not going to add DBs. Sue is out there. He's been kind of this defensive tackle for hire the last few years, chasing a ring. Unless you, I mean, it's, it's football. What is he going to walk into the Niner locker room and change the culture all by himself? I mean, even if you didn't love the guy, there's no real fear that he's going to change the culture. The culture is established. I just thought of something. Yeah. But he used to play under Chris Kassarik for that in Detroit in Detroit. Okay. 10 years ago when he was young, he played under Chris Kassarik. So Chris Kassarik knows him, knows him. And I don't know, maybe That's he told Kyle good or bad. Yeah. Maybe he said, nah, man. I mean, it was, it was one thing to coach Dominican Sue when he was 25, but not now he's 35 or maybe he says, yeah, whatever. And it's just more of a front office thing with money. Um, but it feels like, what are they I waiting for? They've there. had the need. Yeah. I think it's, it can't be about money because what are we talking about? We're talking about relative peanuts compared to the money. They that must feel he doesn't out. fit the culture. 
They know him, and they know right now whether he fits the culture or not. Maybe they feel like he's the kind of guy that would change the room and change uh, Chris's power within the room. Maybe Chris felt like uh, Sue impacted, you know, his impact. You know, if you really feel like a guy's working against you, you're not going to bring him in. That's the only thing I could think. What What's your make on or, or take on uh, the fact that Ertz is not just not a 49er, but he's not anybody? Is, is that, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, it seems like maybe, maybe it's pride, you know? Maybe it's pride. At this point, the options are go play for a terrible team. He could have done that on the Cardinals or sign with the contender. What contender needs Zach Ertz? Not the Niners. If Zach Ertz were on the Niners, I mean, he might play. But how many targets would he realistically get? Like, maybe none. He's just Kittle insurance. All he would be would be Kittle insurance. Pretty much. Pretty much. So that's kind of a... That's quite a come down for Zach Ertz, who was you know, a Pro Bowl tight end at one th- point, I think. So maybe he would just rather, he probably has made a lot of money. Probably the Niners offer, if they've made one, is the absolute minimum. Maybe he feels it's not worth it. The Niners offer, frankly, is a ring, right? We're not going to pay you in money, but right. you might get a ring at the end of the year. What do you say? And he's, he, maybe that doesn't do it for him. I mean, is the guy, I mean, did the guy grow up in Danville as a Niner fan? I would imagine yes, he, he did. did. If he, he I'm did sure. see i mean if he did then what you know maybe it's maybe he's not healthy maybe it's one of those deals maybe he couldn't pass the physical i don't know what the deal is but you would you would have thought by now uh based on what i hear we 71 hearing, million in his career maybe he's done yeah there's pain involved with playing this game for sure it's not just as simple as he's like, been washed for a while too like yeah well sorry. and he's not a blocker he's just a receiver no. yeah. um I, if he was, it was maybe he wants to see who wins this game Sunday night. You know, if it's Baltimore, maybe he wants to go to Baltimore. They need him. Um, if it's yeah, what did, Odo, did Odo Beckham like once? Was it last year that he missed the entire regular season and signed the postseason, or was he trying to do that? Maybe he just doesn't want to play in the regular season. Screw There's it. that too. There's that yeah. as well. I mean, you know, you never know. Uh, that could be a factor. Um, is there an in-house replacement? A lot of people are speculating Steve Wilkes is going to become a head coach. You know, it's so weird when when I think it was Cam Inman asked him about Arizona. He's like, "Hey, do you have any special feeling about?" I mean, Next this, question. He couldn't even. He couldn't even. The Cam didn't even get the question out. He's like, "No, it's not a. It's not a. You know, it's like it looked like he, you would swear that things ended on bad terms in Arizona, and he hates Arizona, the way he answered that question." But I'm also hearing that Steve is going to get a number of interviews and that he's going to be heavily considered for one of these openings. There may be as many as a dozen openings um, at the end of the year. If Wilkes does leave, let's just say for the sake of the argument, he leaves. Do the Niners have an in-house replacement for Wilkes? And if so, who would who's their best in-house guy to replace Wilkes? I think the next man up would. Does Chris want to do it? I don't think he does. I mean, he, I mean, when I say don't, th- I don't think he does. He's on the record saying he doesn't want to. He is a position coach. He doesn't want to look at covers. I think the next guy up would be Daniel Bullocks, who is the safeties coach. He's been here since 2017. He was with Sala in Jacksonville. Sala brought him over here. He was the assistant DB coach for two years. He's been the safeties coach since 2019. He's 40 years old. I think they felt that he wasn't quite ready. And I think he's the next guy, Daniel Bullocks. Hmm, that's interesting. Do you is your guess that Wilkes is back? Because if you look at Wilkes' career, he really moves a lot. 
don't know. I feel like he doesn't have that much media hype. He's doing a great job, but he's not getting any of the momentum for co- uh, coordinator of the year that D'Amico had last year. And D'Amico's defense wasn't as good as his defense. So I don't know, like how many, he's already been a head coach. How many teams are looking for a defensive coach who's been fired already? A lot of times they're looking for the next offensive coach who's 34 years old or whatever. He'd be a great hire, but I don't know. See, if defensive Niners, coaches are tough. Yeah, if the Niners can somehow play their best football down the stretch on both sides of the ball. Defense, you know, comes of age and really fires an all-around effort. Coverage, second level, up front. Niners offensively are spitting out 35, 40 points. He, he could, they could win in grand fashion and he could be in the winner's circle with lots of glory and and you know a lot of good vibes i could see him surfing that to a to another head coaching gig um and i don't know enough i don't know enough about bullocks to say one way or another but uh but that's interesting yeah i don't have an opinion on him i just feel like i think they feel that he's the next guy up i think they've been grooming him is john john feliciano highest graded offensive player in the nfl for week 15 he had a 93.5 pro football focus grade is it safe to say that if Feliciano's healthy, he is better than Spencer Burford at right guard? And I bring this up because there was a game a couple of games ago where I thought it's going to be Feliciano. I uh, I thought Feliciano practiced with the ones all week, though we don't get it. We're not privy to that necessarily. Um, and then all of a sudden it was Burford. I guess it was against the Eagles. It was Burford, right at at right guard, and and they said, well, Burford been practicing really well, and they liked the way he looked and this and that. And he started off good, and they stayed with him. So what's your read on right guard? Is is it Feliciano if he's healthy? Is it his gig? Is it Burford if he does what they want him to do? Who do you, How do you think they really look at right guard? Seems like you don't have to be a genius to realize that John Feliciano is a big upgrade over Spencer Burford. And I think the way the Niners can play this is tell Spencer, we want to be extra cautious with Dagny. We're going to go real slow because we like your future. So you take it slow and we're going to roll with John Feliciano because frankly, I don't think the Niners have had this level of play at right guard since Kyle Shanahan's been here. They've had, I mean, who they who they have at right guard? Uh, Zane Beatles, Mike Person, um, Daniel Brunskill. They've almost told Gosh. us by definition that right guard's not important. Yeah, the least important position on the team. And all of a sudden, they bring in John Feliciano, who was a backup. He's been all over all over the league, all played a bunch of different positions. And all of a sudden, he's getting like movement at the point of attack. Who's the last right guard the Niners had that could do that? Maybe Alex Boone 50 years ago? Oh, that wasn't that long ago. But still, the Niners, if they want to get movement at the point of attack, it's always run to the left, run to the left, run to the left, and then maybe you can cut back to the right. Maybe you can run a jet sweep to the right or something really finesse. But if you actually want to push people it's to the left, all of a sudden now you can push people on the right side too. Man, he's making no money. Wonderful. And he's been in the league. The Niners get so lucky. So lucky with their backup sometimes. Oh, he's phenomenal. Great. I mean, Good. Tom Compton, they, they 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 almost rode Tom Compton to a Super Bowl. Tom Compton was underrated. I made fun of him. I, I we, we, He became a punchline in training camp because he wasn't good in pass protection. But as a run blocker on those end arounds for Debo, it was always Tom Compton leading right. the way. Right. So fast. He was great. Okay. Let's, let's, uh, let's finish up with the DBs. Uh, Mooney Ward, 
my God, have yourself a game. He was phenomenal this last game. And he said that he'd been working on catching passes from Sam Darnold last week so he could have the kind of the live arm look as opposed to the jugs. And he goes for two picks. The first one was like he was shot out of a cannon. They're playing zone. It was a fourth down play. He read the quarterback's eyes. He jumped the route, and he just was gone. I mean, it was awesome. And he says he plans to, you know, to try to catch passes from Darnold every week. This may be Darnold's greatest contribution to date is getting Mooney Ward to this level. So you got Mooney playing really well. And then you've got Lenore, who's looked like at the end of the game, Grant, like he looked like he had broken ribs. I mean, they touched his ribs. He looked like he winced and almost jumped out of his jersey. Um, and then you got Ambry, who I really believe has been the difference in the defense. I don't think it's about Wilkes' seat or or the adding of Chase Young. I think it's putting Ambry on the field, taking Oliver off the field, taking Lenore, moving him to the slot. I think that is the biggest change in why this defense has gotten better. But how do you see um, the, the the corners going into this final phase of the year? Mooney, Lenore, Ambry, one, two, three. Um, and, and how seriously hurt do you think Lenore is? Is he going to go in this game? They call it a rib contusion. He should be okay. Um, but what, who I want to focus on is Traverius Ward. To me, he's so interesting, and he's a lot like Debo. Two guys who weren't first-round picks who were very motivated to get that contract extension and got it. Both players got the bag, as it were, and probably ended up getting more money than they ever anticipated when they got in the league. And so in that sense, they're wildly successful, beyond their own dreams, maybe. Then I think both of them had a little bit of a malaise. Because I wonder, so sometimes with, with players, a lot of good players can be motivated by financial success but once you've gotten that do you want to be the best and with him i felt like there were games where it didn't seem like he did he was getting picked on earlier in the season and i don't know that he cared and then debo was the same way he got paid and he would have some games that he floated through he'd have four targets and it's like was debo there today making 24 million dollars a year but all of a sudden it seems like the niners challenged both of them and we're seeing both of them play like their best ever Let's say Traverius in particular. They went to him and said, not only are we going to stop with this soft zone coverage, playing you nine yards off the ball and asking you to sort of keep stuff in front of you. We're going to put you, we're going to ask you to shadow the best receivers in the league every week. Play man. And go be a stud. Go make your money. And it's absolutely bringing out the best in him. We've never seen him play like this. And it's really cool to see an athlete reach that level. The like, I'm going to be the best that I possibly can be for the sake of it. Not every athlete gets there. He's gotten there. Debo's gotten there. And I don't know who sets the tone for it. Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy. But that's what this team is like. I mean, it's not wasted potential. I, I think they're, I'd rather see them play man a lot more and play zone sparingly than play zone all the time and play man in certain situations. I, I think with Mooney, with, with Brown, with Luter, with Ambry, with Demo, I think they're, I think they can man up. I think they can absolutely man up. And, you know, the old saying is if you can man up, you play man. If you don't man, if you can't man up, you play zone. I think for the first time they've got athletes back there. They can play man to man if they need to. And, and at times their man to man looks overpowering. 
How good and appeal, appeal to Traverse Ward's ego, man. Like, dude, we're paying you. You're leading the league in PBUs. You want to be a pro bowler. You want the recognition. Cool. We're going to stop playing zone. We're going to play man. And you get the hardest matchup every week. What do you think? And he's like, great. I want it. And I'm going to intercept the ball instead of just knocking it down. And he is. I think it's so cool to see athletes turn the corner like that. Oh, he's fantastic. And it's if he's, cool. As long as he's healthy, yeah. he's a true he's a true impact guy. Jair Brown is maybe an impact guy too. Um, honestly, Afonga's done for the year. Is next year is Brown and Afonga the tandem? And if not, or people have suggested that it may be yeah. Brown leading to a trade of of Afonga. Mm. How do you see that? Who and who do you who would you rather have in the box? Who would you rather? Let's say you're playing a cover three and you got one guy in the box and you got the other guy manning the deep middle. Would you rather have Brown in the deep middle? Uh, or yeah. or a Fonga because a Fonga is kind of slow, but he's very instinctive. Uh, Brown is probably they're probably both better in the box. Truth be told, uh, Brown's good at everything. I think Brown has quite a bit of range for a guy who only ran four or five something. I'd put Brown in center field. I don't I don't like Hafunga in center field, and I did think that there was a possibility that the Niners might trade Hafunga instead of extending his contract because he's up for a contract extension this offseason and. He already had one all-pro season that mm, I don't know if that he necessarily deserved. That's quite an honor. And if he had another Pro Bowl year like this year, he might be getting $15 million a year. But he didn't. He tore his ACL. He's not going to be getting that extension this offseason. So he's not going anywhere. He's not getting traded. And I do think those two will be the tandem next year. And I think what's cool about him is they're pretty interchangeable and you could probably do some cool stuff with both of them. Because Hafanga's a really good player, too. Oh, he is. He's super instinctive. I love Hafanga's uh, um, instincts as far as attacking the mesh point in the run game. I mean, he just is, he's, he's it's uncanny uh, how he shows up on time. Joseph Stockbridge says, predict Brock's top 100 player position. How much player respect do you think he has? My guess is in the 40s or 50s. He's talking about the NFL Network's end of the year deal. I, I mean, saying? if he wins the MVP, he's probably going to be top 20. I think that's fair to put him top 15. But um, I want to say something real quick. I'm not going to name, I'm not going to call anyone out. But I was in the locker room last week mm -hmm. and they were handing out the top 100 ballots. Did you see this? The players yes. writing them in? Yeah. Okay, so I was watching one player. I'm not going to say who he was. We were I was both sort of standing right there. Let's just say this. He was getting help from the PR guys. Well, there's that. And also, every single player on his ballot was on the Niners. He just wrote all of his teammates down. And I said, really, all Niners? And I said, yeah, that's all Niners, baby. And I was like, that's not right. a serious ballot. So when they have these, like, are they really tallying up the players? I, I feel like half of the, or three quarters of those players' ballots are just silly and incomplete. Well, and let's be honest, if it, what, would, what would devalue those shows if they actually showed these players filling out the ballot? The ballot? Because I'd they don't I'd put a lot do of time into it. It's like, no. Oh, yeah, that guy. He literally put all the 49ers oh, on yeah, his list. That guy. <laughs> like that Kittle guy. was the best player in the league, according to him. Number one was Kittle. Like, right. Really? Yeah. Just did, he, did, he, did, he, did he ask you to say that? Did he, did he lean on you a little bit? It's like we, we, we cover that. Like, it's all the players have spoken. Like, like, the players have really done the deep dive. If you really saw how little effort goes into some of their picks... You would not put so much credence into those picks. Yeah. Uh, do, do you think these like first year players who were drafted in rounds five, six, and seven really know the rest of the league that well? They don't even know who Jerry Rice was, is. 
I know history. They, they don't know the rest of the league. If you if the Niners didn't play a team, I would go as far as to say that there's a very good chance that many of the guys voting never saw these other players at all. Period. Not one snap. Um, because well, the idea not- that there are players on teams, like man, I could list the top 100 players in the NFL right now if someone just asked me. Like, no, you can't. You don't. Have, you're not prepared. Anyway, so you know what would be better? I just feel list? like they probably tally it up themselves and they just give whatever rankings they want and say the players voted on it. The better list would be kind of what the NBA does at the beginning of the year with their NBA survey, and they and they survey GMs, survey pro personnel directors, and then come mm. back to me and tell me what they thought because that's those yeah. are the guys that I really would like to know. Uh, Andrew Andrew Menard says Purdy won me over through his consistent play and meaningful games this season. Initial trepidation, I think, was valid. Yet he's still getting better. I think that's probably who so. is he not won over. Um, he's really good. That's a great question. Who has really uh, Nick Wright? Maybe Nick Wright. God love him. It's fair to say that Purdy's going to fully have to like really have to prove himself in the playoffs because if he Can't goes do. in the playoffs yeah. and loses in the first round, no one's going to care that he won the MVP. But I don't expect him to do that. No, he's. But you're right. He's going to have to just go take it. He, yeah. he's not he and he's he's not the kind of guy that's waiting around for everybody to give him pats on the back. He understands the dynamics. You if you want it, you want to be considered the top dog, you got to go take it. And there's nothing there's no ambiguity. All the comparisons he's drawing, Kurt Warner, Joe Montana, Tom Brady. Guys who won the Super Bowl fairly young, well, fairly early in their careers. So, Jerry go, Rice Brock. compared him to Brock, compared Brock to Joe. There you go. Jerry Rice. Yeah. So, I, I mean, if he doesn't, if he's one and done in the playoffs this year, those comparisons will end real quick. And he'll oh, be compared no. to people like Tony Romo and stuff like that. So, it, it's, uh, you know, your legacy is always basically built in the playoffs. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. My Rhino, that's why, that's why when people talk about Tony Romo, I, you got to laugh. Come on. Are you serious? Uh, my and rhino I got a question, Brock, because his favorite quarterback of all time is Dan Marino. He never won a Super Bowl. So, Brock, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> but he did win some playoff games. But then he also they lost did. some big-time playoff games. Mm-hmm. My Rhino says, when and why did the MVP award become a weekly horse race? It seems meaningless. It seems like a meaningless award unless the player ends up winning the Super Bowl thoughts. Um, because became- we're looking for topics to talk about with the 49ers. They're the best team in the league. There's not a whole lot of complaints or weaknesses or anything, so we're sort of tracking things that are changing. This. Right. That's the answer. And, and there's these shows that are dialed in on the just – playing the hits and this is like their only football hit that they can play jt says he's taking the blow in the face pause resume thank you thank you get your mind out of the gutter jt greg says greg argisi says sorry guys niners are the best team in the nfl bar none ravens will be exposed when sherm says it and you have a d and a quarterback that is calm it equals champs could be could be could be We'll see Christmas night. B. White's a CMC um, was on the Manning cast. A Monday Night Football is L. Curse still real? What curse? What's the never uh, heard of it? The L. Curse. Uh, sorry, I'm not an expert on curses. <laughs> Seriously, it wasn't my day to follow the curses. Sudden chaos. How about how about how about how bad Trevor Lawrence looked against Jacksonville? I remember Grant the said he'd rather have. What's that? Trevor Lawrence. Trevor says, Lawrence I, plays for Jacksonville versus yeah. Jacksonville. I'm confused. Versus, uh, versus Baltimore, I think he meant. I, I take it Grant, back. I'm not impressed with Trevor Lawrence anymore. He'd rather have Trevor Lawrence over Brock Purdy. I don't Love think he sees the field that well. 
Well, I think I think what you're saying is that, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but uh, that Trevor Lawrence is the physical prototype. So I think nah. What I was saying is I thought Trevor Lawrence was a lot better than he is. And then he played the Niners, and I've seen him play then since then. I'm not that impressed anymore. I think he's overrated. I don't think he sees the field that well. Good, good arm, big, good legs. I don't think he sees the field that well. Yeah, he has weapons, too. All those weapons he's got, that that tight end he's got is really good. Engram. Um, yeah. He's, he's a young quarterback. I think Trevor Lawrence is like a lot of young quarterbacks. Look up in five years and see what he's learned about the league. Steven yeah. Draper says, for, your, for y'all grant names, take one, two, no one. Thanks, Stephen. I'm not sure what, what, what did I was there was there a punctuation no, no, no. needed there. Austin Rodriguez, Niners clinch first seed. Rest the starters for two weeks. That would be. Do great. you want to? Two weeks is a lot. Two weeks is a lot, and it does make you wonder rest versus rust. But in football, I take that rest every day, so especially with Greenlaw. Probably a middle ground though, like playing for a quarter, playing for two quarters. Yeah, I don't want to see Greenlaw hurt. playing any snaps until it matters, because like he doesn't even right. need to practice. So just get him out there full tilt rest, and I feel good about it. Maybe him. that's why they've been missing tackles. I mean, he's not fully healthy. No, I know. I mean, and I think he's. I think he's might be one of the most underrated 49ers there is. By the way, uh, he doesn't. If, if you look, he's at never going to get any Pro Bowl recognition because he's too violent. But he's great. Is that is that it? He's too violent. He's a linebacker. I was just talking about this with my friend today. You know, the NFL is trying to make itself an offense league, and I think they got into that because of. Fantasy football and, and, and basketball. TV and, but but I, I would disagree. I, to me, I think football fans like defense because the allure of football of, over other sports, if we're being honest, is the violence. Yeah. Okay? And that's provided by the defense. And I think the more and more that the NFL legislates that out and there's defenseless receivers and you can't touch a quarterback and you can't do this and you can't do that, I think they're going to water down their product and lose interest from fans. I mean, when I was a kid, people liked that movie, The Waterboy. It had nothing to do with offense. That's kind of the stuff that people like, just the, you know, the LD. unadulterated violence of Bobby it. Lott. Yeah. Yeah, and now you're not allowed to like that anymore, and they're kind of trying to get rid of it. Um, understandable. But I don't know that it's necessarily going to be as sustainable if you just turn into basketball on grass. Like basketball is not the number one sport. College football is is a more lucrative sport, more watched sport than basketball. I look at violent as the number one trait of a great defensive player or linebacker. And to say that you're not going to get the recognition because you're too violent, I I, I can't even. It's crazy. I can't even even register. It's crazy. I mean, what's, but what's what's Ronnie? He gets all these fifteen yard penalties. Yeah. Be like, hey, stop it! That looked like it hurt. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'll play a linebacker. The guys, what do you expect? Yeah, now let's just throw these supers, uh, beats and meats. Remember the time when everyone thought the Dolphins hired Mike McDaniel as a placeholder for Sean Payton? Yeah, seriously, Sean Payton, not nearly as good since Mike McDaniel's quite a bit better since. Red and Gold Al says P- uh, crazy people are saying CMC is MVP. We saw what the team looked like in the NFC Championship without Brock Purdy, MVP, hashtag MVP Brock. That's the crazy thing. Like McCaffrey's a great running back with no weaknesses, and yet he's easier to replace than a quarterback like Purdy who has clear limitations because every quarterback does. But he's he's so much better than his backup. And most running backs just really can't say that. All running backs are good. All running backs are good. 
I loved what I saw from uh, J.P. Mason in this last game. Just he's show me so a, good. Can I get five more carries a game for J.P. Mason before we decide that he's just a pure backup? Seriously, let the guy play a little bit, just a little bit. Knees says, Grant, did you find it ironic? You had the question about Debo without the ball, lack of going full speed. Kyle turned around and made a perf- made a red zone play out of it. Kyle's doing such a good job this year. Seriously. I really think that he's getting overlooked for the – coach of the year because it almost always goes to a coach who's like a first year coach, right? Someone who just turned it around real. That's what it is, right? Who can turn around a team the fastest? Fine. But Kyle has built one of the best teams we've ever seen. Maybe that's, maybe that's an overstatement, but he deserves credit for it. Grant. I mean, let's, let's look at this for what it actually is. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, whether they did it together or, or individually, had to surf the I missed on a top three quarterback and we're going to our Mr. Irrelevant as the first time guy. They drafted him we're three times. Trade the Mr. We're going to trade the guy in the top five. And 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 somehow he, they kept a locker room together, the whole thing's together. And now they've got, you know, they're what one win away from potentially two wins away from the number one seed in the first round by and favored to win the Super Bowl, two Super Bowl, two MVP favorites. I mean, Shanahan when you factor in all the ways this thing could have fractured and gone off the rails, um, they could have been a faction of guys who want to try a faction of guys who want to, this thing could have been split up to me, Shanahan. This was a much more difficult head coaching um, year than people look at. They look at all the talent and go, Oh, they're loaded. Eh, it's not quite that simple. People keep saying like, is it Brock? Is it CMC? But the guy pulling the strings. When does I don't understand it because on the one hand, everyone gives Kyle Shanahan credit. Everyone sort of agrees he's the best coach, the best offensive coach. But then when it's time to actually get an award, it's like, well, they're loaded. I mean, it's it's too obvious. So he they're loaded. Like, well, right. He assembled that team. Yeah. And also, you know what? It's easy to win when you have no they want Texans won three games. It's easy to freaking, you know, change the culture right in and win five games yeah. or seven games. It's much when harder. You're eight to and do six. A- Why do you get an award for being eight and six? An right. award? Who cares? And, and you're a week away from finishing. being eight. You're two weeks away from being eight and eight. For, right. Forget that. Yeah. And you had two picks in the no. top three. You know what I mean? And those guys played well. You could argue their GM deserves the GM of the year. Um, Real quick, ahead. off the top of your head, how many times did Bill Walsh win coach of the year? I would say probably never. Once. 80, one time, 81, 81 first. Time. And then you never get consideration again because everyone already knows it's like, well, cause my team is too good. So, so you hold the supporting caster against Kyle, but not Brock. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It doesn't no, make any sense. No, that's a great point. That really is a great point. Yeah. 69 ers said who has the better roster. I think he's been Niners or Ravens. He says Niners by 20. I think the Niners have the better roster, but the Ravens, I will say this about the Ravens. Look at their nice line. Look and look at their D line. Michael Pierce is three hundred and sixty pounds. That's big. Uh, Matabuke is three ten and really good pass rusher. Travis Jones, I don't know if he's hurt. Travis Jones is three thirty. I mean, the Ravens are so stout inside, and then they got Roquan. They might be Patrick the one team Lee. with better linebackers than the Niners. Right. I mean, they, if the Niners mm-hmm. can run the ball in this game, then the Niners can run the ball on anybody. The Niners definitely have better weapons than the Ravens. The Ravens have a great defense, great O-line, great quarterback, running backs. I mean, Odell Beckham Jr., really, at this stage? 
Right. Well, the Ravens receivers are a joke, but they also have Justin Tucker. You know, Justin Tucker. Yeah. One of the greatest. Yeah. Players. Okay. Their number one offensive weapon is Justin Tucker. Yeah. The Niners should win. You know, I, mean, I still think the game, Chiefs are the team the Niners don't want to face. Frankly, I don't care what's going on with the Chiefs in the regular season. I don't care. I agree. I agree. They got yeah. a killer defense. They got Mahomes. They got Reed. Nothing else matters. You Nothing know? else matters. Also got Chris yeah. Jones, Mahomes, and Reed. They scare the shit. They got a chance. You don't want to face them. No. Wave nine says Dallas beat us in the title game. Convo will be crazy. Or Dallas. That's beats not us happening. In the title game. Yeah, Dallas. Dallas. They suck. Come on, Dallas. Don't tell me Dallas. They suck. Mason Wright. Instead of Sue, why not try and get Matt Ioannidis? Oh, Mason. I like Justin Smith. He's not that old. <laughs> yeah. Ray McDonald. Go get Michael Carter. He can stop the run. Isaac Sopuaga. Mr. 33 Degrees, Grant, when Lowell was talking about Christmas at the end of your last cone zone, it brought tears to my eyes. He's a bright light. I see where you get it from. Were you guys talking holidays? I know this is probably a rough one for Dad and for you, huh? Yeah, we were talking about it at the end of our show yesterday. How's Dad doing? Yeah. Is he doing okay? Yeah, he's doing a lot better. He, has, he is. I almost said hi, man. He's one of my favorite guys. One of the ballsiest media people in the history of the Bay Area. <laughs> Seriously. That's Harbaugh quite a compliment when you call Harbaugh, someone ballsy. Well, Harbaugh, Harbaugh, Harbaugh was intimidating, and he stood toe-to-toe with them and gave it to him more than he took it, where Harbaugh was afraid yeah. of him. Harbaugh was definitely – Harbaugh. you know, the same way when Brock goes to the line, he knows where, like, Micah Parsons is. When Harbaugh went to the podium, he knew where Lowell was. Absolutely. He did. He ended up writing either the forward or the afterward to my dad's book. Either oh, Steve did Young did one and Harbaugh. Yeah, I mean, they ended up getting such a kick out of each other because Harbaugh's the kind of guy, like, if you're going to challenge him and you come straight ahead at him, he'll respect you. Yeah. And, and my dad did, did it in, in, in such a way that it was professional and not personal. And by eventually, Harbaugh was so charmed by him. They really liked each other. Yeah. Oh, I know. You could yeah. tell, too, as time went on. Uh, Carl Zion said, Kalia Davis has just been placed on the IR. Maybe Sue's incoming. Time to stack up the depth before the playoffs. High ankle sprain, and you're kind of a, a tra- you know, a, a young ascending player anyway. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I high ankle sprain means five weeks, six weeks. I'm surprised that um, six for well, sure, he's yeah. not on the IR because I thought mm-hmm. you know high ankle sprain for him. Bazzi Mion says, what do you think of the exotic looks the Cards did on D? For example, nine in coverage blitzes don't work, so. They still trying to I find talk weaknesses about that. on Brock. They dropped. I liked it. Eight in the I coverage, more than six I would or do seven that times. against Brock. Teams used to do that against Drew Brees because the idea with Brees was you can't rush him. The ball comes out so quickly. He likes to throw short. Drop eight in coverage. Have five underneath and make it real tough to throw quick passes. Now, I mean, there's nothing you could really do to stop Drew Brees, top ten quarterback all time. But yeah, it's an idea. You got to try. It. You got to give make, different looks. Make yeah. Brock be accurate. Don't give him defined reads. He's already shown oh, you. Wait. You give him defined reads, he will absolutely read your mail, and he's getting the ball out quick, and he's going to ruin you. Don't if you Don't make the windows tight by have, adding extra defenders in the box or defenders down the field, I think that's the way to go. I, I agree. Make him make tight window throws because he doesn't have that Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco's out here making tight window throws. At, how old is he? The Joe Flacco story is the best story. They need to make a, sto- uh, uh, a movie about Joe Flacco starring Ooh. some guy. Who Ruined. doesn't look like an athlete? Because I love the Joe Flacco story. What a great arm he had. Sudden chaos is, yeah, I meant versus Baltimore, those two fumbles. Okay. Uh, Scotty B. If, says, if Joe Flacco wins the Super Bowl this year, is he a Hall of Fame quarterback? <laughs> I've, I've already watched he Joe Flacco though. win too many damn Super Bowls. He He's was, freaking he, 38. 
Man, the Joe Flacco story is the best. He's it needs to be made. One of the greatest arms ever. Scotty B, I'm I'm nervous that the Ravens are going to run for 300 yards. Uh, not, without Keaton too. not without Keaton. Yeah, Keaton was their guy. Uh, Paris Bell, the second. Can we get our, can we say our wide receivers blocking adds to CMC's MVP case? No doubt. No doubt. The Niners are the best blocking weapons in the league. The running backs block for the receivers. The receivers block for the running backs. The tight ends block exceptionally well, especially now with Warner doing his thing. The Niners block downfield. One tire fire says, what would you say Patrick Mahomes' weakness is? Impatience. That's his weakness. It's too good. He, he, he's he, too he, good. He tries to make every play. He doesn't take, he's the opposite of, he's the opposite of a game manager who takes the check down. He's trying to make plays every time and he's not as patient as he needs. He's to the be. best. That's he's his awesome. weakness. He's awesome. He's the best. Well, no, yeah, I think we saw his weakness is when his team screws up, he loses his emotions on the side. Yeah. He's been that a little was, like, yeah, he needs to that knock that off. Kevin yeah. F. We remember no Brock P- Purdy in Philly last year. Brock Purdy, easy MVP. Okay, I hear you, Kev. B. White says, can D. Winters get on the field? Um, um, says, other than Burks? Or? Over Burks. Over, over Burks. Burks, maybe. I mean, I like be nice better. to see the, like, the rookie linebackers in the field, yeah. I like Graham the most. Flav says, I don't think there was anyone in the locker room that really wanted Trey to be the quarterback, Larry. They couldn't say it, but his limitations were clear to everyone with their eyes. He couldn't throw a spiral. He threw a lot of spirals this year. That was more of a last year thing. Um I think they all I think everyone loved, just looked at him as a project that they yeah. didn't want to wait for. And just right. they loved they believe me, they loved the guy. I mean, Grant and I saw it firsthand. There was if if guys don't like you, there's what there's indications. They love this kid to a man. He was respectful, he was smart, he was engaging, hardworking, hardworking, professional. Yeah, professional, humble. They loved that kid. It wasn't about him, it was about his development. And they saw yeah. that his that he lacked development. Not so crabby says the guy who said Kyle Shanahan is sabotaging his team is now saying he deserves head coach of the year. You can't make this up. Uh, well, we hey, does he are, not deserve to be coach of the year? Can I not say that? He does. Can I be it. right about something for once? And he also, deserves to be coach of the year. You know what? I'll just say this it's a long year. All, if you do this and sit in front of microphones and cameras and give opinions, you will be wrong. And um, it's not like hmm, maybe I've been wrong. Uh, a lot. And all I'll say is this, is that all of our opinions, and I think, Grant, you probably agree with this. You People can call us hypocrites, but in reality, your opinion evolves as the information yeah. changes. That's people who keep the same opinion and just repeat themselves forever are the most boring people. It's like, okay, I heard you. Gotcha. Yeah. You're never going to, you're going to keep repeating that. I don't need to right. hear it twice. Or three times. That's why your radio show died because you gave us your opinion. You repeated and yourself. You just I got it going. in the first episode. Yeah, right. you said it. I've, yeah. I've caught that episode already. I need new material. <laughs> okay, Niner yeah, I got it. Niner fan 85. What do you think the score will be in the game between the 2019 Niners and this year's Niners? Obviously, this year's Niners would win. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I will say that this year's Niners would win. I say this year's Niners would score 35 and that and that Jimmy led Niner team would score 17. I don't know, man. That's a tough one. That's a really tough one. 35. I don't know. 35 against that defense. I don't know. Defense, that defense. This Niner team Maybe. seems like they can score 35 on anybody. God. Can you imagine um, Richard Sherman trying to cover IU Craig now? I don't think that would go too well. I'll, I'll give you my the, the stat that I could not believe that I read this week. The Niners with Purdy, CMC, and Debo all healthy are 18 and 0. 
They're averaging 35 a game. And in those 18 games, Purdy's got 40 touchdowns and four picks. Yeah. Really? This Niner offense. CMC and Debo. Yep. Purdy, CMC, and Debo. Because honestly, honestly, look, look. 35 a game. Purdy's got 40 touchdowns and four picks. We've been talking all episode, all week, really. Should it be CMC or should it be Purdy? Frankly, the last three games, it's been Debo. Best player in the offense. Yeah. And so he's not always Debo. He's not the most consistent player in the team, but he does. He is the one guy who can all of a sudden transcend everyone. Debo's probably not their best wide receiver, but he may be their best player. I mean, yeah. And it's like, that. and people say that about Lamar, right? Like, well, I don't know if he had to judge him as a pure quarterback, but as a weapon. All right. Well, take away your labels and definitions, right? Who cares what, how you, how you classify them? All, all you really have to measure is the impact and it's undeniable. No doubt. Two last supers and we'll bolt for the door. Dale says, do not be scared of the paper tiger Ravens. They beat no one. We should be confident. We have an, we have an offense that can win when the defense is not killing it. We got this. Who have the Niners beaten? Yeah. Seriously. Tell me who's the best team the Niners have beaten. Don't say Philly or, or Dallas. I would say it's Philly. Okay. Well, that's not great. Maybe, they just lost a Seattle. It may be. I know this is going to sound crazy. You could say it's Jacksonville. I was going to say maybe the Rams. See, that's what I'm saying. I, I mean, yeah, okay. Like, I, 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 but then I the Rams know. were life and death. Right. The Ravens almost beat the the Rams almost beat the Ravens in Baltimore. What two weeks ago? Yeah, it's true. It's true. The the, the Rams are really hot right now. I think of all the teams the Niners could face in the playoffs, that might be the one team they might prefer to avoid. Frankly, because Stafford's one quarterback that wouldn't necessarily feel intimidated by the Niners. He's beaten them. Not only that, the Rams have the weapons. Kyron is a terrific young running back, really smart, really aggressive, really quick. And then you got Stafford Puka throwing to Puka, Cup, and, Puka and uh, yeah. who's the third guy they got? Uh, um, Tutu, uh, Tutu uh, the really quick dude, Tutu Atwell. Yeah. I mean, that's a tough yep. cover, man. Puka, yeah. those guys. Uh, yeah, that's gonna be a tough yeah. game, by the way. 808 Niners says Stefanski is leading because he's fourth, uh, because he's on his fourth string quarterback. But Kyle couldn't win last year. This is Kyle's best job. The bar was high and he's reached it. And Matt McEwen or Matt McKeon uh, says, Can't believe we're still talking Trey Lance. LOL. Oh my god, we got some late arrivers here. And we got this one from 69ers. If the Niners win the Super Bowl, you should do instant reaction with a Purdy jersey on. LOL. Not allowed to. Can't be having those jerseys on. Can't be having those those logos. Yeah, you'll get a call. Grant, we mm. love you. Please take it down. B. White's says San Francisco <laughs> special teams is not proven and very scary, shaky. Um, uh, that, the one uh, thing I want to see. Have you heard of Mitch Wisnowski? Have yeah, you heard Mitch of Mitch Wisnowski? He's awesome. Uh, the thing, the one thing I do want to see in the playoffs, I want to see. I want no more Ronnie Bell. I want to see uh, on Ayuk and punt returns, and I want to see Debo on kick returns. Why not? Why not? You're paying them. They're great. We saw Ayuk on punt returns. It was a little underwhelmed by it. I liked the idea of it. He was good in college, but who else you got? I don't know. What do you? Who else you got? About? How about McCaffrey? Okay. I just want that? somebody. I here's my thing. I would take. How Trent, about McCaffrey? I would take Trent Taylor. I just want somebody <laughs> who can for sure catch it. Don't. I'm not worried about the return. Just give me somebody with really solid hands. That's the one thing I miss about Ray Ray. Ray Ray caught the ball. 
Is Ray Ray have any chance of coming back or is he done? I don't know. Yeah, that, I, that would be I think he has that, a chance. McCaffrey only he McCaffrey had 34 punt returns in college. Come on. Why can't Debo is a kick returner? Christian is a punt returner. I want to see it. He's not, don't tell me he might get hurt. He plays running back. He'll be fine. See what happens when I have you on the, the supers, your super audience just never goes away. They just they keep funding the Grant Cone retirement fund. 69er says rewatch the Ravens Super Bowl. So embarrassing. LOL. You know, embarrassing. How the about the first hold? half of that game is, is such a shit show? How about the hold coming out of the third quarter on Bruce Miller? On Bruce Miller. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who's held on the That's front good. and the behind behat from behind, and Jacoby Jones ran right through his lane, right down the middle. Niner fan 85. Any word on Ray Ray? We just talked about that. We don't know. We'll I'll ask about that tomorrow. Uh and Junior Beckhold says Kyle's still on the hot seat, Grant. LOL. Okay, you're gonna hear about that. He's almost off the hot seat. It's still it's still lukewarm. <laughs> the one that people are banging on me is like three weeks ago with Jesse and Vish. I said that I was disappointed after eight weeks that IU could score two touchdowns. And it's like, dude. I got people that just to this minute. Yeah, but since then he scored a bunch of touchdowns, and you could take full credit and say that was just you doing quality control. That's what oh, I do all the time. Oh, that's what I gotta do. I'm right. You were day. just motivating him. Now he has six touchdowns. Where do you? Why do you think he does? Because he watched your show and was like, "Oh, Larry thinks I should score more touchdowns." Boom. Here's four. I did. Ask he wouldn't Brock. have thought to do that if you hadn't pointed it out. So I think you should take credit. Brock's are just feeding him the ball in the red zone, and Dale says, "Bruh, we don't win over teams. We beat the hell out of them." There you go. Oh my God! And Matt McEwen, we love Iggy. Yes, this I know you guys do. Raise the roof, raise the hey, roof. That's that's going to do roof. it for us. Um, great stuff. Normally we go an hour, but it was an hour and twenty one minutes because Grant's audience just is just um, emptying the clip during the holiday season here. Uh, thanks to Pig and a Pickle for being the title sponsor of the Krug Show. Thanks to New York style Italian sausage, and thanks to you, Grant. Hey man, I just want to say thank you for everything you've done for me. Thanks for uh, getting me in this lane. Um, Say hi to your pops. One last one here. Iggy on the call. Colin, you said you were going to call. You were going to call me. You want me to call you out about, about the Brandon Ayuk take? But again, I I wasn't mad at it at all. To me, it was just quality control. I do the same thing all the time. He wasn't saying he was down on Ayuk. He was saying he expected more out of him, and all of a sudden, Ayuk delivers more. I respected it. People got mad about it. I don't know. Here's the thing. Grant and I had many conversations this summer in the heat, watching Ayuk. And I remember I probably said to you five times, dude, this guy's going to have Jerry Rice kind of touchdowns this year. This guy's catching everything. He's catching the low ball. He's catching the high ball. He's catching everything. He makes it look like every ball is his personal invitation. And I go, man, this guy's going to light it up. They got through eight games, half the season. He had two touchdowns. I thought he would have had 12. Yeah, but here's the issue that you didn't realize, that in the red zone, the Niners' offensive play caller, Chris McCaffrey. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. he gets to call the plays yeah. when they're inside the 20 or so oh, it seems. Man. That is so it seems. All right. Hey, that's going to do it for us. Uh, Grant, what do you got cooking on the channel? Anything more today or uh, what do you yeah. got next? What do you, what's, what's up? Yeah, for it's next? Wednesday. So I go six o'clock. Uh, Jesse Naylor, Niners after dark, a trifecta today, three streams because the Niners had the day off and I don't know what else to do. I don't have a life. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm doing tonight. Norm normally, I would go Wednesday nights with my call-in show with my son Kevin, but he's, you know, went to Southern California to party with uh, some friends, so he's out of the. Why loop. didn't he invite me? I know he knows well, I had nothing to do. Seriously, so subbing for Kev tonight on the call-in show, Lo Neal, the great Lorenzo Neal. Oh. 
who I will do the pregame with uh, on Christmas uh, afternoon uh, leading into Niners Ravens. O'Neal's going to stop by tonight. So look for that on the Krug Show. Until then, Grant, have a great day, man. Thanks to everybody. Peace. Yeah, never met a man I've been scared of. Careful, you won't get exactly what you asked.